we need showings and we need offers, right? Those are the two things that tell us that whether that house is priced correctly on the market. Let the data do the talking and yes. this all happens in the consult. For every 10 showings, you should get one offer. So if the average days on market is 30, that means you need 10 showings within a 30 day period and one offer. The seller wanted some negotiation room, yes. right? So they, they want to list high on purpose because they want some negotiation room. Right. And there are ways to combat this mentality. Avoid these mistakes. You're probably wondering why your listing isn't selling. And we're going to talk about why. Top five reasons that listings don't sell and get those things uh, sold. Let's talk about it. All right. Uh, number one, this is the big one. And this is the number one reason. Uh, it is simply overpriced. And you can't get your sellers to move because you didn't set it up right. You didn't have a consultation. You didn't tell them how the game works. So uh, that's the number one reason, Yeah, uh, simply. Yeah. The number one thing I hear with this one is um, the seller wanted some negotiation room, yes. right? So they, they want to list high on purpose because they want some negotiation room. Right. And there are ways to combat this mentality. Like th you don't need negotiation room. What you need is a lot of attention uh, of a home that's priced correctly. Yes. And it will move quickly for exactly what you listed at. And you don't need negotiation room for a well-priced home. Well, you just have to communicate to clients. It's like, hey, look, this is how the game works, right? So, and by the way, it's very normal for sellers to overprice. And they're going to get, you know, really, they're going to dig their heels in sometimes. That's fine, okay? We just need to have a way to communicate with them that says, hey, listen, this is how the game is played, right? We need showings and we need offers, right? Those are the two things that tell us that whether that house is priced correctly on the market. And so you take the days on the market and then you break that down. So for instance, if it's an average of 30 days on the market and you do, um, the, the, the rule is for every 10 showings, you should get one offer. So if the average days on market is 30, that means you need 10 showings within a 30 day period and one offer. If you're not getting two to three showings a week, that means the house isn't priced right. So we can know right out of the gate. It's like what I would tell clients, I'm like, hey, listen, uh, based on the data that we have available, based on the average days on the market, based on 10 showings to one offer, we should have an offer on this uh, or we should have three showings a week. And if we get one, we're not priced correctly. Yeah. And I don't want to gloss over that. So if you noticed, he let the data do the talking and yes. this all happens in the consult. So you're setting up the consultation, you're telling them that statistic. And when the statistics aren't correct for that home, it, the data is doing the talking. The data is saying we're not priced correctly. You don't, you just don't need this padding. It's not, you. people immediately think you're an unreasonable person. That's what the first thought in their brain is. This person's listing this house too high. They're going to be unreasonable. I don't want to work with them. Let's move on to the next property. That's right. Yeah. It, but, but you, yeah, you bring up a really good point. It's like, Hey, guess what? You're not telling anybody anything about their price, their house price. The market is telling them. Yep. Right. And these are the indicators that we have in the market. If you set it up that way, it's going to be really easy to make price or not maybe easy, but it's going to be a lot easier to make price changes in the future because you could just be honest, be like, well, the market's telling us. Yeah. You're no longer the bad guy yeah. walking in to say, hey, you know, I think we should do a price drop. It's, hey, we didn't get our 10 showings. We didn't get our one offer. We should make a price drop based on statistics. Yeah. Objective data that informs us of whether our house is priced incorrectly. So you as the agent um, are not the, uh, the the decider of the price. It is the market, okay? 
Um, so read the data and make changes appropriately. So you can usually make those changes. Typically what I'm saying is, for example, if I got somebody that I know that's overpriced, I'll say, all right, listen, if we don't get five showings this week, we need to drop the prices telling us we're overpriced. And usually guess what happens? We did, we get two showings, so we need to drop the price. Yeah. Um, so it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And you know, usually do your price drops on Wednesdays or Thursdays. Yes. Yeah. Before the weekend rush. Uh, number two, you have terrible pictures or you have too many pictures. Now it amazes me that to this day, people are still taking real estate pictures with their phone and not using a professional photographer. Um, guys, offload this. This is not your job. It is the job of a photographer to do it. Yeah. It worked and, fine during COVID. The, you know, everything was selling no matter what, but it yeah. does not work fine now. It need, you need to have professional photos and you know, the right number of photos matters too. We'll get into that in a second, but you need to have professional looking photos. Yes. They need to look really good. That's your marketing for the house, right? So, you know, look, I, I say, well, the other thing is like people use too many pictures Right. If you have a 1500 square foot hat house, 2000 square foot house, you don't need 50 pictures of that house. You need 15 or 10. <laughs> right. You don't need that many. And the, the idea is like, hey, create a little bit of mystery, but don't put like bad pictures in there. So it's like you're going to once you get into that many pictures, 35 pictures, you're taking pictures of like multiple angles of a room. You're doing, um, you know, taking pictures of bathrooms and toilets and sinks and things like that, that really don't cause a consumer to feel good and want to come take a look at the house um, or closets that are too full of clothes. Like just keep it to the basics. And that that's a primary, uh, uh, you know, principle of marketing is create a little bit of mystery so that they come see the house. Yeah. Get rid of powder bathrooms, mm -hmm. get rid of bathrooms that don't have any features that you want to highlight, get rid of closets unless they have an Island. Yeah. That's our rule. If unless the closet has an Island, don't take a picture of it. That's right. Um, you know, get rid of all those extra pictures. You do want to create mystery. The one we we talked about this in Six Figure Real Estate School, like everybody was kind of shocked that we were suggesting such a low uh, picture count. But in reality, think of other markets. Like if if, if um, an auto manufacturer goes to put a, a car on the website, there's one or two pictures of the interior of the car and maybe five or six of the exterior, and that's it. And yeah. they don't want to create a, every a picture of every little detail of that car so that you have marked it off your list before you even have a chance to go drive it. You yeah. want to create the mystery, like he said, and get people to a in-person showing because that's what sells the home. They walk in, it feels like home, and then then they're bought in. Then things start moving. Yeah, they don't take a picture of the trunk and and the spare tire. And yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, it's like they're highlighting the best aspects to get people to see the car, right? Yeah. So you need to do the same thing. By the way, it's okay to not have every single bedroom. If you've got a kid's bedroom that's chock full of toys... You don't need to put that picture on the MLS. Yeah, um, declutter before pictures. Yeah. Everything off counters, depersonalize. Things need to be straight and tidy, very clean. Like all of these things matter when you're taking photos, especially if you're taking high quality photos, high resolution photos that people are looking at. They're going to see the details. So make sure that the house is show ready. Yeah, there's a client like marketing objections that you know I wanted to mention. And, and, and I've got another point to bring up about what clients say often. So one of them, they're, they're always asking, it's like, are we going to get it to enough places? Uh, um, how do we get more people to see it? Uh, can we offer incentives? They're trying to do these like special things that they think are going to sell the house. And it really is great pictures, 15, you know, 15 to 20 and stick it on the MLS. That's going to sell the property. You don't need to put it in a magazine. 
you really don't need even drone photography. It get, uh, gets syndicated to so right. many websites these days. They're going to see it, yes. you know, on the internet long before they see it in, you know, Franklin Lifestyle Magazine or what. And there's yeah. no shame in those. They yeah. do great marketing for different things, but usually for houses, it's the MLS. Right. So a lot of that, like marketing, you know, uh, those sort of like special marketing things that some realtors will really push to the front. It's really just kind of gimmicks. It's it's more to sell, uh, sell themselves on getting the That's listing right. versus like actually making a difference. It's like, look, if it's priced right and you got great pictures, people are going to come see it. Yeah. There's um, other reasons to use those platforms, but to actually sell the home, it's just, it's a little different. Right. Uh, number three, you need a condition upgrade. And this is one that comes up a lot. It could be too much furniture. You might have like old, like brass hardware. I want to tell a story about this. I had a, so a client that we could not get their house to sell. And I went back to the basics because that's what I do. If I've got a house that had been had, is sitting, I'm like, okay, let me go back to the fundamentals and make sure I've done everything right from the very beginning. So I kind of do a start over. And I go, you know what? Honestly, it was like a, at the time, like old brass hardware. So it dated the house. Uh, their closets were packed full of clothes. So it made it look like there wasn't enough space in the house. It made it feel cramped. Um, and... What, the other thing is like it just needed a really good cleaning top to bottom, like yeah. just and make it make it immaculate. New caulk lines, things like that, right? In the bathroom. Yeah. So we did that. I said, all right, let's let's get some stuff, let's take it to storage, let's pack it up, let's get some new um hardware for the doors. And we had that thing sold within a week. Yeah. Yeah. Because people came in there, it made them feel good and they bought the house. And um attention was paid to the home is what they felt like when yeah. they walked in. Like, yeah, all right, somebody at least took the time to replace the door. The cleaning thing's huge. Yeah. You can spend it, it depends on your market, obviously, but here in Nashville, if you pay somebody between three and five hundred bucks, you can get a deep cleaning on a home that does that goes a long way. Now yes. that's not going to going to cover like you know, reconditioning the carpets and things like that, but it, the house is going to be really clean. There's some other things you might want to do, but Getting a very clean start to the home showing mm -hmm. process is important. Fresh paint, fresh carpet. That's another thing. It's like, go ahead. As you need to inform them. It's like, hey, look, let's go ahead and do these things now. So that way there is no objection when someone comes in, right? You want that thing to be clean. And guess what? You're, if you live in a house, you're going to scuff up the uh, paint. You're going to scuff up the baseboards. It's like, get that stuff taken care of. So when somebody walks in, they fall in love. That's the idea. So... Go ahead and do the fresh paint, fresh carpet if it's needed. Now, here's what clients will say. Another client objection. They'll say, well, I don't want to pick the color for somebody. I don't know what color they're going to like, or I don't know what kind of carpet they're going to like. I'm like, come on. Look, that, it's like new home construction. How do they choose their colors? They pick the most popular color, and they stick it on the wall. Yeah. And they, stick, they take a very neutral carpet, and they put it down. That's just what you do. And keep in mind, this is just a reason why homes don't sell. Some homes might not need fresh paint, fresh carpet. If right. the carpet is still in great condition and the paint is doesn't have a bunch of issues, then this might be one you skip. But if it's completely obvious that it needs to be repainted, either you're going to need to offer a concession for paint or you're going to need to do it yourself. And it's best just to do it yourself. I think one of the things that I like to say is like with clients, I say, hey, this is not your home anymore. It is a product. Okay, so we're going to put this product uh, out there to as many potential buyers as possible, right? So how do we do that, right? That's that's the decluttering, the depersonalization, the fresh paint, the fresh carpet if needed, right? Super deep clean. So you're going to make it appeal to as many people as possible, that product appeal to as many people as possible. By the way, if you haven't done so, please take some time to like and subscribe 
Also, we're doing a, a t-shirt giveaway. If you give us a Google business review, which will be in the show notes, we'll send you a free Agent Bridge t-shirt. All right. Um, yeah, and keep in mind, one of the objections is also, well, I don't have enough money to do the repairs. Yeah. Well, you know, buyer affordability is at an all-time low. You think the buyers have enough money to mm-hmm. do the repairs? So everyone's no. going to run into issues where they're like, hey, I don't have m- enough money to paint. This paint or carpet is in too rough of condition for me, so I'm just going to walk away. So there there are reasons why we're suggesting, hey, go ahead and, and do these things if you have the, the capital to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And even if you don't, go ahead. If you know it's a problem, let's just say, like, we do not have the money to do this. If you know it's going to be a problem, get bids for the carpet and for the paint. Set them out so that they know, hey, this is how much it's going to cost so they can put in a direct number. Because if you have that client guessing on the number, they're going to guess twice what it is. Yeah, get get a good good bid and, and perhaps offer a concession. Just yeah. say, hey, we've already gotten two bids. Here's the bids. We're offering concession to cover paint and carpet. That way... You're covered, they're covered. Yeah, exactly. Move on. Uh, landscaping and curb appeal. This is another one. The yard and the flower beds and all that stuff needs to look. Don't have weeds in the flower beds. Everything needs to be super clean. Get a fresh mat for the front door. Make sure, this is another one, that entryway needs to be immaculate because they're going to spend a ton, they're, they're going to spend more time there than any other place in the house because yeah. that's what they're, they're waiting for the realtor to let them in. Waiting for the realtor to let them in, conversing with the realtor at the end of the showing. Oh, that, that area gets a lot of traffic. Yeah. Okay. Number four, the house smells bad. And the reason this is a, a, a separate one, okay, is because it's such an uncomfortable conversation to have. Nobody no real estate agent wants to tell somebody is your house stinks, right? Uh, but you've it will absolutely impact the sale of the home. Probably as much as any of these others. And you, this is the time for you to be honest and they will appreciate it. Yes. Their feelings will be hurt in the moment. It's natural. It's, it's human nature. But you need to be honest with them and say, hey, one of the things I noticed was the minute I walked in the door, there was a pet odor. And then you've used this one in the past too. It's like, hey, you know, my house has pet odor too. We have a dog, we have a cat, we have whatever. I, I can appreciate, you know, the fact that this happens, but we need to take care of it as we're listing the home. Yeah, and that's where that carpet conversation comes in. So it can hurt someone's feelings. But like you said, if you kind of put it on yourself, it's like, hey, I have a pet too, or whatever the case may be, you can decrease the uh, the sting of that. But if you don't say it, it's going to impact the sale of the home. So it's better to be like, like, what would you do? What would you want someone to tell you? It's like, hey, look, if this is going to cost me thousands of dollars, let me go ahead and fix it now. Yeah. And you can, and there's a number of things you can say to kind of lay it on a little lighter, right? So like, you know, I do a number of listings per year. This happens a lot. It's not just you. Like all of, you know, everyone has pets and this happens. So yeah. getting it addressed, being honest and open about it and not just sweeping it under the rug is critical. Uh, another one is you might have an eyesore, or number five, you might have an eyesore or location issue. And I've seen these, like you go out to see a house, you're like, oh, it looks good online. Why hasn't this sold yet? And you go in there, there's like a power station in the backyard, yep. right? And, um, or, you know, you're in a super high traffic area. Um, uh, you could have a neighbor that's got a junkyard. And so that makes people very uh, uh, uncomfortable, um, too close to, you know, the city dump or, or you know, in the... Uh, Edmond, Oklahoma, there was a Purina factory. And so <laughs> you could get a nice yeah, smell well, of dog food first thing in the morning, right? And so some great. people didn't want to be in a house that was too close to the Purina factory. Uh, um, go ahead. I, I had a friend that um, his uh, 
his dad lived in a, um, an area where there was a lot of like uh, beef and cattle farms and yeah. and you know everybody always used to say like oh man you go there it just reeks it just it stinks and he goes smells like money <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right but you have those things that pop up from time to time you're like ah oh, what am I gonna do look here's the re the reality of it the only way you can address that is price someone will buy it but it has to be cheap enough for them to overcome. So it's going to go less than the neighborhood. Like oh, the, the neighborhood comps are only going to give you the standard that you have to be below. Yeah. And the, I've taken advantage of these situations. So I've bought a house that, and you've been to it that, that had a extremely steep driveway with a massive power line in the back yeah. for less than, you know, it was worth because it sat because nobody wanted to buy it and then right. sold it uh, during COVID when the, the, the time was right to get rid of it because yeah. people just needed houses. Right. So, um, you, these are, these are situations where you have to price it appropriately. Nobody yeah. wants a crazy steep driveway. Nobody wants a massive power line running in the back. Nobody wants, um, you know, a neighbor that doesn't take care of their yard or mm -hmm. too close to any other like features that are, you know, on un, unwanted, but it happens and you just have to price it appropriately. Yeah, that's a really difficult conversation. You know, a lot of this is like the, the difficulty of having these conversations with the clients, right? It's like you don't want to tell them something they don't want to hear and lose the listing or tick them off or whatever. So a lot of this is about the way you communicate with the clients, the way that you um, uh, bring up these issues. But what I can tell you is, and, and by the way, uh, I, I talked about this. I'm trying to remember if we talked about this last week, but just about like studying human psychology and understanding how people can receive information in the right way. But um, it's worth taking some time to to uh, read up on things like that because it will absolutely have an, a positive impact on your business if you understand psychology. But you want to have these, you, you can't avoid these conversations. Otherwise, you've got a listing sitting. Um, and that's and, good for no one, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, other than you can continue to run open houses and you don't want these, these listings sitting, it doesn't, you know, when people start to research you and they see, oh, they got three properties and they've all been sitting on the market for 90 plus days, it just doesn't look good. And you're not doing a client a favor because they're trying to get moved and onto the next stage of their life. So be honest, be up, be, you know, in a lot of times you're, you may be the second agent in and the first agent, it, the house, you know, expired, the yeah. listing expired because they weren't honest. Right. So come in, do the right thing, be honest and get it moved. Yeah. And I think the last thing that I would say about that when you're dealing with clients is you want to be the one reaching out to them. Not Don't wait for them to reach out to you, right? Be communicative. That's one of the number one issues that people complain about real estate agents is they are not communicating enough with me. And so you want to be the real estate agent that communicates. And the way that you do that is just say, hey, I'm going to call you every Monday and then call them every Monday and give them an update yeah. to let them know how the open house went. How were the showings over the how weekend? How were the showings? Yes, How was exactly. the open house? Uh, do we need to do a price drop? Do we need to be thinking about some feedback that we got? All of that. Just go ahead and reach out and take care of it on, on the front end. Yeah, you don't want to be on your heels. So make sure you take an aggressive, uh, an aggressive strategy and lead lead the clients through don't don't just be the recipient don't just be the order taker right you're there to help them sell their property and to give them good advice and to lead them through the transaction so that's your job so lead them um any final words no quick episode but yeah. i think it was uh, hopefully good content yeah if you don't know about six figure school we're going to run one more cohort for the end of the year so make sure uh, you reach out to us. Uh, you can find out about that at theagentridge.com slash 
Six, six figure, figure school. Okay, got it. Six dash figure dash school. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes as well. All right, guys. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thanks.